Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about The Borrower, which was shot in 1988, was completed in 1989, but sat on a shelf until 1991. And it's got lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of head trauma, which means that we all love it. So I, I picked The Borrower. I kind of didn't remember why I picked The Borrower beyond being like, oh yeah, there's a lot of head trauma and it's kind of weird. Um, I know why you picked it. Can I can I tell you my, well here let me let me interject why I think you picked it okay because I think you got a copy of it through VHS PS at Mania yeah. last year right I did okay and then I watched it and then like while I was watching I was like ooh we should do this but then when I was watching it again I'm like I don't know why I picked this <laughs> <laughs> so here's the strangest thing about this movie before we talk about the actual movie it has no plot <laughs> this is the follow up to Henry the Portrait of a Serial Killer. What? It's the director's first movie was Henry the Portrait of a Serial Killer, and then he followed it with The Borrower. Okay. Is that why they made reference to that? Yeah, that's movie? why there's like yeah. a poster mm-hmm. hanging on a phone. Somebody's watching yeah. it on TV, right? Well, yeah, no, someone's, someone's, watching. someone's watching Garbage Pail Kids on TV. Okay, for I had that question. I wanted to make sure that was Garbage Pail Kids, yeah. But yeah, but yeah there's Hannah garbage really... kids, and then someone's like he's watching Henry or something. I don't remember gotcha. if they show it, but they definitely acknowledge that it's on. Yeah, there is a well. there is a mention or some sort of reference to Henry that I noticed too, and I was like, that's odd. But yes. this whole movie is super odd that I was like, eh. you know, it's like you can't just you can't just have one odd thing. It, it all seems to be like well, it makes that, sense. That's what's so weird about this movie is that it's a really fun concept. 
but it's still shot in that gritty Henry the Portrait of Serial Killer version of New York, like simultaneously, which yeah. is like really weird. Like, it's yeah. so this weird is one of the yeah, this is one of the weirder movies I think we've discussed since Brian's joined. Um, I mean, Brian, if you if something comes to mind that's weirder, I mean, whatever. But uh, you let me know. I will say though that. This is such a funny movie in the fact that the tone is really weird and dry, but it's literally as like a, a an alien zombie killer comedy. Yeah. It has no, <laughs> there's no plot. It's just it a strange sleazy film. Like it's like so weird on so many levels. I love it. I really had a great time watching it. But if somebody was like, actually, I was talking to my buddy Steve. Uh, who who surprisingly loves our podcast, which I I, I love him for loving our podcast. Thank you for listening, Steve. Uh, <laughs> but he's always like, "Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this?" And I'm like, "Well, you should probably just you know search back through the archives because we've done a lot of it." <laughs> he I was trying to explain to him what the borrower is, and I was like, "This is a real weird movie. There's no real plot, but let me just say it's kind of like a weird dry comedy about." an alien that just takes people's heads off. And he was like, that sounds like it'd be right up your alley. And he put yeah. your in capital because he knows me well enough to know that I like that. This is not for everyone. This is definitely not a horror movie night pick that any, just anybody on the, like, it's not Bubba Hotep, you'll, you know? You'll know what yeah. you're in for within the opening scene. Oh, I, fuck yeah. I feel like I disagree. Because <laughs> I, I feel like the opening scene made me think that I was going to watch a different movie. You thought you were going to watch Extro? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I thought that... I thought that I was in for a better movie by the opening scene. <laughs> no, no, no. Did you see the cover of this film? Of course that you're not in for a better movie. Dude, that's the best part. The best part is the poster is that weird smile while he's wearing those stupid sunglasses. Oh, and when so it good. happens in the movie, I'm like, that's the scene that they were like, that's the shot. But it gets yeah. you so hype. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I didn't mean, I didn't see the poster actually. Oh, okay. Because I I don't know if the listeners know this, but I'm fortunately the laziest uh, host <laughs> on the show. So Matt does a lot of like the editing and Scott scours through the internet to find copies so i literally just go on our trello and just <laughs> click a youtube link and start the movie i like that though because i like that it's it's easy for you because we're yeah. really just trying to keep you around <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what you know what isn't a horror movie but if you type in the borrower looks like the borrowers yeah the one with john goodman like tied <laughs> up by all the borrowers <laughs> it looks like a great 90s horror yeah, you gotta you gotta search <laughs> the borrower 1991 or you're not gonna get the cover. It's so um, funny that this movie sat on a shelf for three years. He looks like Bobcat Goldwyn. Well, it was also a lot of studios closing. Like studio like the people who shot it, it closed out. Someone else bought it, they fell apart before it could come out. But then Canon Video came rolling in for the victory. <laughs> it's this is such a canon film though that I would never have been surprised that this was canon. Yeah. It's more surprising that they purchased the movie and not that they produced the movie. Uh, the VHS PS uh, copy that I have has only one trailer at the start, and it's for Delta Force 3. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, where, that's where Canon was in 91. Seriously, <laughs> somewhere, John London just jizzed his pants. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I have to call out <clears throat> real early on is – Right after we have the strange opening where we've got like this giant cockroach bug creature or whatever talking to a human 
who apparently is a de-evolved alien into a human being who like wait wait has, where did that explanation come from that's what he said he goes you've been de-evolved into a human and he's like what brian did you hear that you say he talks like the kid from malcolm in the middle in the wheelchair when he's a human (laughs) (laughs) but like it's very like labored heavy breathing but then they go to the credits and the makeup is done by kevin yeager who's like you know the guy who did everything for nightmare on elm street dream warriors like he's a really good makeup artist but the thing is that the makeup is killer in this movie so that makes total sense Uh, that's what i mean whatever the budget was I feel like a big chunk went to Kevin Yeager because that first like mutation head explosion is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, this whole movie doesn't this movie doesn't need a plot for me because yeah. <laughs> literally all it is is my favorite thing ever, which is head trauma um, and alien like a rubber suit monster. Truly, the only two things I give a fuck about on horror movie night besides the two of you guys is head trauma and rubber suit monsters. Give me those things, and I am the happiest, most content person in the world for that hour and 10 minutes, usually. (laughs) Yeah. So this movie, it's about an alien that is sent to Earth as punishment for him being a serial killer on his own planet. But for whatever reason, his body cannot contain the human head. So it always explodes and he has to replace it with a new head and then he mutates to match the body. So I have a question here. Um, So this movie is called The Borrower, but apparently these hyper-evolved aliens don't understand what that word means because <laughs> when you borrow something, it entails the idea of returning it because you're, it's been loaned to you. You can't return a head to the headless body, so these aliens are fucking idiots. I mean, he kind of does because when he... So he kills that dude, Bob. The one of the rednecks are awful in this movie, but he kills Bob. And then he's Bob for like a really long time, but then he kills Julian, who I don't understand why he killed Julian. He was the nice homeless guy. Yeah, yeah. But they say that they found Bob's head at the scene of Julian's murder. So like he is eventually returning them. No, he's not returning them. He's discarding them. It should be called <laughs> the head discarder. That was probably the original name for this movie. And then they were like, I don't know. It's not really working well with test audiences. <laughs> it's How's a the you know, borrower. It, it, it's, <laughs> It sells the movie. I'd be Dude, like, I want to do this. This movie else. is too fun for its own good. Like, I love but, this film. But the movie's got such a like. We we're talking about the weird tone stuff, and like, it's no more apparent than you have like this scene with the giant cockroach creature and and the punished main titular borrower, uh, and they get dropped off and they kill the rednecks, and it's all this cool stuff. And then we're immediately cut to this weird cop. And oh, yeah, that sequence. that subplot sucks ass. But I don't <laughs> care. I, I truly don't give a shit because, like, the rest of this movie is so baller that it doesn't even matter. I just think it's important for people to know that this alien, he doesn't have a thirst for blood. It's not like he's going around town and ripping off people's heads all willy-nilly. He's just trying to like live a normal life, and like, there, it's not even really a horror movie. He just gets it's himself a, in a, a weird a situation. Yeah, it's a sitcom. He's just trying to live life, and then he's like, "Oh no, I lost my head, so I'm going to take this one." But he's not yeah. out to hurt anybody. Yeah, he's for being a serial murderer. <laughs> he's not that bad of a bug. No. Yeah. Oh, um, I got a joke for you guys um, that is probably too obscure without me explaining it. But when the rednecks kill the one that's actually a bug, the first thing that comes to mind is wrong bug, wrong bug died. 
Um, <laughs> you guys ever seen Walk Hard? Yeah. <laughs> the kid's smoking. It's, I can't tell if it's a Lucy or if it's a joint. Is it a, is it a hand-rolled cigarette or is it a joint that he's smoking in the car with his dad? I can't tell, but I'm going to go with loose cigarette. Okay. Is he the main character in Demonic Toys? Because I looked on the IMDb and he doesn't have a credit that I could find. No, I don't think so. He looks like he's him, not though. cool enough to be. He's, he he has a leather toys. jacket, though, man. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that was from the set of Demonic Toys. I don't think that was just the actor bringing in every role. Dude, um, it's a full moon picture. You know, nobody had clothing that wasn't their own on that set. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Nothing in this movie says that it was shot in 1988 more to me than the radio station when our uh, when the one like punk rock girl is driving. I love is her. Just, like, so much glam metal and i'm like oh 91 this was not what was on the radio anymore <laughs> yeah not at all but that's the funny thing about it is that you know we just did bad channels a couple weeks ago and bad channels had that same idea where it was like it's 1991 or was that 91 yeah, coming back it was 92 but still 92. they were like gonna come back they, gonna they, back. they were no it wasn't that they were thinking they was gonna come back they were just milking that for all it was worth because that that band was it fair game. Is that what they are called? Yeah. Fair game. Well, and that's the thing, like at least at 91, even, even though this was shot in when, like music was totally appropriate when it was shot. Yeah. In 88 in 91, depending on when it was never mind has or has not dropped yet <laughs> by yeah. 92 by 92. There's two Pearl jam albums and Nirvana albums, some sound garden and some, uh, uh, Alice in Chains grunge is there. Like grunge exists already. They were trying to make a timeless movie, and they're like, this grunge thing is going to die out in years, and it's not going to live on. <laughs> but hair, hair metal will live forever. Um, you know, they made a timeless movie, but I think I might be in the minority for believing that. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, so he becomes a homeless man after killing the redneck. Oh, man, I love it. I love it so much. First of all, um, they like they – how do I even say this? Um, oh, oh, before we get into him actually becoming a homeless person, um, that, that sub tech sub story, a subplot where the lady cop, lady detective grabs that dude and he's, she, she says that he is being arrested for rape, murder, and sodomy. Which sodomy is any non-procreative act, if you did not know. So even a blowjob is technically sodomy. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think it's very funny that 1989, they could still put that in and make it sound like cop jargon. But <laughs> it's really, you know, this this murderer is so weird. Murder, murderer <laughs> slash rapist is so weird because he offers cunnilingus to his hard-boiled detective adversary before trying to slice her and then she like shoots him in the leg he's like oh oh come on come on lady come on give me a cigarette like he's such a fucking asshole idiot he's so weird so he he's like worthless throughout most of this movie and i kept like it's like one of those things where it's like the only reason you're introducing this character is that eventually this alien's gonna probably his get head. his head yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, that's, it, it doesn't even feel good when he takes the head no and it's so last second there's like five minutes left in the movie. <laughs> two people get their heads taken in the last five minutes and it's crazy pan yeah they so, put no effort into this movie <laughs> whatsoever 
And so Scott's good. just making it more real than I realized <laughs> originally on like how little effort. They're like, so what book did you read on cop jargon? Well, I couldn't find it, but I read the Old Testament and a lot of people got charged for sodomy. <laughs> so so I have to say that my favorite part in this movie, right? So he go he's homeless. He goes to the homeless shelter. There's the Is old when he gets dead... fucking wasted. Oh my well, god. No, no. I was gonna say there's the old dead mouse in the soup gag. Oh, love that gag. Everyone Classic. loves it. Um, but he takes Julian's head and then Wait, 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 you're I... you're mentioning you're not you're not mentioning the fact that he takes Julian's head because he gets fucking drunk. Yeah, and his alien drunk. body is like, head. I can't handle it. <laughs> What I love is after that happens, there's this shot, and I referred to it as the watching the sunrise introspective shot. Oh, yeah, it's so great. like sitting on rocks, like leaning forward, just watching the sunrise. And it it looks like the shot at the end of a movie where characters like realizing, you know what? I went through a lot of shit, but it was all worth this moment. But that's what's so great about this movie is that they don't give a shit about any like realities of plot or pacing or anything. It, I mean, I, ostensibly it's a bad film, but I had mm-hmm. such a good time watching it. So I think of all the heads he takes though, my favorite is when he takes the doctor's head. What? You're um, missing the dog's head. No, the doctor's before the dog. My oh, friend. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> because he, he takes the doctor's head. I truly can't keep it straight. How many heads are taken? Like eight? Probably about, I would say, six to eight. So he takes the doctor's head, and then that's when we see this married couple that's just laying in bed with headphones <laughs> watching on, watching that. Garbage Pail Kids. And they linger so long on that movie because I guess it's been sitting on the shelf at Canon at this time for a oh, couple of years. Oh, was that a Canon film too? Oh, it was a Canon film. What's the release nope. year of uh, Garbage Pail Kids? I think 88. So I think this was a real push to tie something into something. Well, but that's, that's the thing, though. Did Canon Films make this movie? No, but I'm willing to bet that when they bought the rights, they're like, hey, shove Garbage Pail Kids in there. So <laughs> did, they, did they add that? Okay, 87, yeah. I think you could add that. It, did you see how grainy and shitty that is yeah, on the TV? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that was, I think that's someone just throwing that over top of whatever other movie was there originally. Because no one is sitting there enjoying the musical <laughs> number from Garbage Pail Kids in their bed. But so, hey, I have a question for you. We got way past this, but um, how does uh, how does the alien know how to drive? I was so curious about that too. Uh, I guess instinct. He's probably drove some spaceships. It's probably no different. My big com- question is: Were the Screwheads a real band? Because oh my god, wait, wait, oh, 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 I've got a note about that because they can't fuck act. me, fuck well, you, fuck me, fuck you, fuck me, fuck you, fuck is the end of yeah. how that song goes. Yeah, I wrote holy shit, this band sucks, but like the way that all of them deliver lines feels like they just got an actual band and was like, hey, you're just gonna play yourselves in this movie because not that like anybody's particularly great in their role in this movie, but they have no ability to deliver lies are you kidding dude listen to this my good man the sting of your humor is no more relevant than that of a butterfly's fart that's that's how (laughs) that is the crown fucking jewel in the borrower it's so good this movie kills these jokes kill so this is where i wrote this whole movie is worth the price of admission uh, uh, admission just for this dog-headed man sequence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but that also they, the one of three female characters in this movie, like that girl yeah. who's doing the videotape. Her eyebrows are so nice. 
Like, <laughs> Brian, rewatch this just for that scene. Show it to Jade and see what you think. She'd be like, yeah, they look fucking great. Yeah. I mean, I didn't notice them being bad, so they must be pretty decent. Because now I, <laughs> I notice bad eyebrows now due to who I share a bed with. <laughs> you were going to say, like, something crude, and then you're like, no, no. No, no. I just heard him say doo-doo, and I left. <laughs> so, yeah, so then this movie, like, because the dog-headed thing happens. It doesn't happen for long enough, though. It's so great. It's so quick, and then it's, but, like, so many things happen rapid fire at that point. Like, it's almost like someone's like, oh, shit, we got to wrap it up. <laughs> but <laughs> like, they still have, like, 15 minutes. Oh, no, 10 I mean, minutes, like, and both the alien like, and the rapist. 10 minutes, it's everything. That's what I mean. Like, in 10 minutes, they're just like, okay, uh, so he's shot. So he goes here. Uh, we capture the rapist. He goes here. Uh, <laughs> pieces together. Come on, we only got... It's like, you could just make it a little longer. Like, it doesn't No, we have an hour and 10 minutes. We have to make it work. Um, I also... So, I don't know shit about guns so maybe i'm completely off but it feels like the one cop has way more bullets in that gun than humanly possible because he is like just firing rounds off into so many headless bodies when they get to the hospital and well is it a revolver i don't remember i I just remember thinking that there was an absurd amount of gunshots well i mean if that's what's really gonna break your suspension and disbelief okay but i i'm guessing that it was not a revolver and i believe that if you have a clip it's 12 or 15 i maybe not maybe that's i'm assuming i was like shouldn't there only be like six or seven in there yeah no 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 (laughs) uh so i do have a uh uh, my suspension of disbelief was real stretched to the limit not broken but stretched to the limit when the fact that no one was concerned that they found a monster alien hybrid with a dog's head (laughs) and then the forensic scientist shows up (laughs) so the forensic scientist is doing an autopsy while listening to opera and drinking red wine in the lab. Yeah. What's the <laughs> I like the fact that you're <laughs> yawning while I'm talking. We're not even a half an hour into talking about the borrower, and you're like, mm. Yeah, over it. Um, so there's one thing I have to say with this movie, because we've been just so hitting all the things that I wrote down, but the ending of this movie does not even remotely match the tone of the rest it's of the It's so movie. dark. It's so strange. And I'm just like, oh. And I don't know if it's supposed to be that that's what did happen or that's what she's been like so traumatized by this that that's no, that, that really happened. imagining it'll play out. No, that's, okay. that's how it happened. Like that, that, She doesn't really have enough character. To, well, I, mean, I guess that can be an, ar- an argument if you want. But I'm pretty sure that she didn't have enough character development to have it be like, oh, she's having another one of her little dreams. No, it's literally what happened when they left. Because the borrower never dies. It's amazing. They should have just incinerated the fucking body. Yeah. God, I when love this will film. we learn, Scott? <laughs> Apparently <laughs> next time when they do the borrower two, Dude, when he has two heads. Oh! <laughs> and it's so much blood that splatters across that windshield too in that final shot. It's like an explosion of gore inside that. Yeah. It's basically like an idle hands when the two kiss people are making out in the car yeah yeah it's just like oh so good like a head burst this is one of these movies that if i had movie nights i'd have to own it i'd have to own it because it's so obscure it's way more obscure i'd never this was my first watch brian i know it was your first watch matt was it your second watch third okay well still Uh, i used to have it on a vhs tape 
years ago. Well, like a ripped copy or an actual? No, no, no. Like I bought the, I worked at a video store that had the VHS tape and I bought it. Wait, you had the VHS version and you got rid of it. I might still have it upstairs actually. Okay. If you have it, I know you have a friend that needs it. (laughs) Don't Um, tell Megan that I own another VHS tape. I would (laughs) never, I would never just give like, what am I going to give that to Goodwill? Like, is it going to go to like a friend, or is going to go into a box that I sell at a convention? Yeah, don't so. sell that at a convention. I got your copy of uh, Ticks. I deserve your copy of The Borrower. <laughs> so, I just don't even know what to think about this movie. Uh, but Brian, yes, threw a challenge your way. I was able to get to Beetlejuice in three moves. Were you able to match my moves? No, I got I got Robert Dreyer, who was in Hear No Evil with William Patterson, who was in Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton, who was in Beetlejuice. Okay, that's three. So I, right. That's so four. I, oh, OK, so I don't remember her name, but the lead actress, the cop uh-huh. is the demon in the demon's kiss in the movie Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, which stars Christian Slater, who is in Heathers with Winona Ryder who was in Beetlejuice. I feel wow. like Matt's is more, more like, uh, like it's, it's a, a weirder set of people, right? Yeah. It's, it's a weird set, of, but she looks so, the only reason I know, cause she looked real familiar. And then I started looking through like what I knew her from and saw that she was in tales from the dark side. And I was like, Oh, Christian Slater's in that Heather's <laughs> right in the Beetlejuice. <laughs> 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 that's when i threw the gauntlet down at brian i was like i got it let's see if you get it <laughs> you have failed me for the last time uh so any other thoughts on the borrower besides basically just telling listeners hey you should maybe you should maybe check out the borrower this isn't on dvd or blu-ray or anything it's on youtube if anybody asks on the in the group that and wants me to to post the link i absolutely will yeah, I but this is one where like, you know, like Scream Factor. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna, what did they just put out? Well, they just put out the Howling Three, which made yeah. me real happy. So. <laughs> yeah, like wh- why? Because <laughs> it's the best of the Howling movies. The Howling Three. Yeah, the marsupials, baby. I think it's the actor who played Julian is also in the Howling Six, the Freaks, which we've discussed oh, in the previous. <laughs> it's such a pile of garbage, man. Yeah, that's a bad one. That's a real bad one. But the marsupials, stay tuned, guys. The marsupials yeah. is some good shit. And you know what else um, is great about that movie? It's on YouTube for free. <laughs> well, Scream Factory's been grabbing a lot of like fifties horror movies lately, which has been getting me real excited. They they got the Mole Men or the Mole People, and they got the Deadly Mantis and Tarantula Ooh, all recently. So that's I'm like, solid. I'm like, I'm pretty excited. Hey. Hey, I'm always in the mood for a oversized monster or insect movie from the 50s. So, <laughs> send them my way, <laughs> Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? 
As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Hey, Toxic here. And Meridon, too. We're the hosts of the Overleague podcast. Are you a fan of Overwatch League or just a fan of Overwatch in general? Well, if you are, we break down matches and all other Overwatch happenings, and we won't judge your main. Tune in every other Tuesday to the Overleague on Geekscape and wherever you get your podcasts. So what was your guys' double feature with this? So, since this is a canon film, Mm -hmm. and it takes place in a hospital for the most part, Oh my god, I know this is the this is like Scott said, the weirdest movie that I've done since I've been on the show since Canon Films X Ray, aka Hospital Massacre. Are you serious? (laughs) Would you put anybody through that? Uh, Yes, I would. I would absolutely. I would put someone through X Ray more than I would put them through this movie because this movie's not painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I see you're a fucking man. You're a fucking sadist. I get it. Yeah, it's in the Kelly blood. Um, <laughs> Says the sweetest fucking soft heart I've ever met. Uh, Scott, what's your pick? So this is. Uh, I don't think this is a great double feature, but I was kind of trying to think of what I like that has the most head trauma. <laughs> and I, I really gotta go with waxwork. Uh, okay, but okay. it doesn't really fit. You know, it doesn't no. feel like a really good double feature. They're both pretty comedic, but I feel like waxwork would, is just the most fun head trauma I can think of. I mean, the blob would be cool because there's a lot of body trauma, and it's Fair a killer enough. alien. But I think waxwork so, would be where I would go. And I'd start with the waxwork and then do the barber. So I'm going to win this one, I think, <laughs> because uh-huh. I thought for sure that both of you would go for this one. Um, I'm pretty sure at least one, if not two of us, have already used this movie previously as a double feature. But I think watching The Borrower and then following it immediately with The Giver is like the perfect double feature. <laughs> that's that's pretty sick. Yeah. I like that. You got, or are you going to do Guyver 2? No, I would go with the Guyver. As much as I like Guyver 2, the Guyver has way more of the like human transformation into these weird alien-looking monsters. I, I mean, the monster at the beginning looks... The, the alien in the beginning of this movie looks like Mark Hamill's like, half-cockroach creature <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yep. So... So maybe actually watch the guy first and then just be like, look what happened to Mark Hamill. He became an alien. But, but yeah, I would, I would go with the Giver. I, I mean, I would, you don't need to give me a reason to watch the guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm always down to watch the guy. But, uh, 
yeah, I I'm shocked how short this episode was, but I also think that it was because there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's just so like I think it's one of those movies that you just hit with so much energy that you just say all of the things that you want to say right away, and then there's really no room for anything. I'm, I'm yeah. I have to agree because also, um, I. I'm looking through my notes and I didn't really miss anything. I missed like yeah. <laughs> a bunch. Of- I looked at my notes too. And I was like, well, I hit everything. I had two pages and we got it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, there are a couple of things that you need to remember. Um, aliens hate the arcade sounds, you know, that's just kind of true. Yeah. Which blown away that they, I mean, I guess it was just a, couldn't get the rights to show it, but the fact that there wasn't a space invader shot oh. or some joke like that. Well, like, I, don't know I can tell you from personal experience that Nintendo does not like to give, um permission for things and so you just take it hey scott since we have some time on this episode why would you know that about nintendo uh, um okay i mean you brought it up i'm, I'm not gonna say no um so as probably probably everybody in the patreon group knows but not everybody that listens knows i have a an instrumental project called console crash that started strictly as metal covers of Nintendo music, uh, uh, soundtracks from Nintendo games. And I've been doing it for, I want to say, six years now. And over the course of doing the console crash material, I started with just covers and have branched out into writing material for a quote-unquote lost NES side-scroller, kind of like a Metroid or Mega Man game called Power Up. And it's about the main character uh, fighting these demons so that he can gain a basically like the power up, uh, the, the power glove, but demonically possessed power glove made out of human skin. And then when he gets it halfway through the game, the other half of the game is him fighting his internal demons because it's trying to make him crazy. And then he also has to fight the demons outside of himself. And then the end of the game is he, you know, triumphs over the external and internal demons, gets the glove off. And then, you know, that's the end of the game. But I just, I, I'm, I'm releasing the soundtrack in four pieces uh, as four EPs so that I can take my time and then say it's art. Uh, but it's <laughs> so level two came out. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know when this is dropping, but it came out last month, late last month. Yeah, late late <laughs> late ju- January it came out. Um, so this is coming out in February, and um, I will post a link to my Bandcamp. It's up for free. I put all my music up for free because it's just a hobby, you know. Like if if you want to pay a dollar or more, you can download and listen to it on your Bandcamp app. Uh, but if you want it for free, you can just download and put it on your computer, your iPhone, your android whatever but yeah thank you for the shout out matt i appreciate it oh and the artwork is fucking awesome on that one thank you well the thing is that that um all four of the eps are it's a uh what's it a quad tritch you know like a triptych is like where the three pieces interconnect all Mm -hmm. four of the pieces of the all four ep covers create one full album cover Ah, ah. <laughs> so, and so also, um, when I'm done with all four of the EPs and they're all released, I will also do a an additional 8-bit Famicom um, version. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, I have everything that I do for Console Crash 
in um, MIDI format. And so I'll just input the MIDI. I'll have to strip out a bunch of the layers and stuff because Famicom only lets you have, I want to say, five to eight tracks. So I'll break it down into basically what it would have sounded like as a fake Nintendo game and release that as one full soundtrack. You are easily the most creative of the three of us. <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm not the most driven. <laughs> the, well, you know, I've got nothing. The closest thing I ever made, <laughs> the closest thing I ever made to an EP was, was four years ago, which Matt has seen this music that I made about four or five years ago when I just recorded my farts every day. <laughs> <for six months. laughs> right. And File this under. Under. We had, we had two songs on MySpace. Oh, yes, we did. Okay, so, yes, so the one was called Pissing Out the Back Door. <laughs> Brian is like the most anally obsessed person. Oh, my God. This dude is obsessed with his butthole. So, so two things. One, Brian, how can you say that you don't have dedication when you spent six months recording your farts? Secondly... <laughs> Secondly, file this project under shit that will never happen again as long as Jade is in your life. Uh, and third of all, what would your MySpace project with Matt be like? Like, how would that stack up to Matt's MySpace project with Shrop? That was like, um, what was it called? Bad uh, Evil Robot Us is versus Good Robot yeah, yeah, yeah. Us. <laughs> so here's the thing. We, so the first song we made, right? was about the hardcore scene in our town and we did uh my name is by eminem and it was just trashing the entire scene so <laughs> people, people enjoyed people it by name right? Call people by name door. right <laughs> so people enjoyed it because they're like wow this is really funny i know what they're talking about and then one day i was locked out of the house so i peed right next to my front door and it trip the it like ended up shorting the the electric wire because i landed on it and deflated frosty so we're like let's write a song about this and everyone's like i have no idea what they're talking about right now that's so my so space were, i can't even all, believe it it was all parodies so the second one was a parody of um looking out my back door by by uh credence clearwater revival but it was do 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 pissing out the front door <laughs> oh you said back door pissing out the back door I, I think we sang about both. Because... Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I think I just remember the one line was anger in my mommy because outside the door it's muddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was bad. Um, I still but the one thing somewhere. that Scott was wrong about in his breakdown is number two is not true whatsoever. Uh, Jade can't stop me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, my sister and mom just left from the weekend. And I thought Jade was perfect. I, I didn't think anyone in my family would dislike Jade. But my sister definitely left thinking very less of Jade as a person for nothing other than the fact that she chooses to date. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that, but that, that's exactly where it should have ended. Yeah, good, good. Very good. Um, because you're... A man baby. <laughs> like, both of you guys are man babies in weird ways. I mean, I love you both, but I mean, I, Jade, I gotta, Jade is a saint. I, I forget who it was. I bumped into someone who is a listener of the show, 
And <laughs> they came up to me and they go, I just gotta let you know, I also like my spaghetti with just butter. Oh, you <laughs> fucking babies! <laughs> you know who else likes their spaghetti with just butters, Matt? Who? The main character from Atypical. (laughs) 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 Brian, I have one to show, but I know exactly. Oh, wow. That was the sickest. Nobody burns a Kelly like a Kelly burns a Kelly. No. Oh, man. Kelly House is the one house missing from the Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Be be just the house of jesters and fools. I I would consider your house to be the... Like the the house of the brown wedding. <laughs> uh, so I will say that there's probably in like a month or so, right before the new season starts, Brian and I both decided to watch Game of Thrones um, recently, which is why when we eventually, or I guess the episode would have been out by now, when you hear last month's, what did we watch this month? It's very, very short because neither one of us has really watched anything but Game of Thrones. But I will say that I had the realization while watching it recently that the whole show is basically just Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings if he just decided he wanted to use the gore from Dead Alive while he was making Lord of the Rings. And to have, like, action and more of a storyline than <laughs> people walking. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. a little bit more exciting. But anyway, that is so far off the topic of The Borrower <laughs> from 1991, as picked by me. Uh, so... What can you do if you're a fan of the podcast? Hmm, let me say, well, you can go over to our Facebook page. You can hit up our Twitter account. You can check out our Instagram. All of those things are HMN Podcast. You can visit our website at HMNPodcast.com where you can send us some emails or you could send an email not using the website to us at HMNPodcast at gmail.com. Hop on that iTunes. Give us a rating and review because apparently it does wonders for us. That's what they tell me anyway. They being just the you know mythical they of the internet and If you really, truly love what we put out there, always feel free to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, where you can donate some money and get some bonus episodes, us talking about all types of crazy shit. Uh, There's the Maddie Morphin Power Rangers, where I review episodes of Muddy Morphin Power Rangers. There's an extra episode every single month of the podcast. Uh, We did Robin Hood Men in Tights last month, or no, this month, this month, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, And then, you know, other random conversations and stuff. It's going to be fun. You're going to love it. Check it out. We will be back next week. It's Valentine's Day next week, listeners. And, uh, you know, we're going to go classical. We're going to we're going to have an an evening, an evening of theater, one could say. So, uh, you know, come and, and grab your your playbill. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Grab, <laughs> grab your tickets to see Carmen. Hit up the opera because we're going to be there next week. Check it out. Not the smoothest. Not my smoothest. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. 
Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pasta Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 